0: Welcome back to another episode of Extra Innings, a Phillies podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Matt Breen, and I'm joined as always by Scott Lauber and Bob Brookover. Guys, still no baseball, obviously we all know, but I, I sense a, a growing optimism that there's going to be a baseball season of some sort in 2020. Um, you know, reports. Almost like every other day, there's a new report of how baseball is going to navigate the coronavirus pandemic and how they can pull off a season. Uh, some of them seem really lofty. Some of them seem like, you know, may, maybe you could you could see that happening. I, I'm sensing we're going to find out by the end of this month, I think we'll have a good idea if, if there's going to be a season or not. I think you'll be able to tell. I don't know. what are you, What are you guys
1: thinking? I got three letters for you: K, B, O. Yes, there's baseball. Of course, there's baseball. I didn't. I hung on every pitch. Did it start yet? I don't know. <laughs> it started last night. I watched the I,
2: first I, inning. I saw Aaron Altair fly out.
1: You stayed up to one a.m. Uh, yeah, but not. It was,
2: it was not per, not for the KBO, but it happened to be on. So I was I was doing some work late and uh, put it on, and I watched Aaron Altair fly out, and I said, "Okay, that's good."
1: What were you doing at one a.m.? Oh,
2: lots of work, Bob.
1: There's nothing to well, do <laughs> when
2: you take around a four-year-old all day. You've got to like set aside time in the in at night to do some work. So that's kind of how my schedule goes, Bob.
1: Right.
0: Bob. I feel like the, a up schedule. I feel like the KBO is like the perfect Bob baseball league. Like you're, I feel no. like you're always up at like odd hours watching random stuff
1: on YouTube. Now you yeah. have baseball to watch in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, I won't be watching it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like a, I am, a, I gotta admit, I'm a bit of a sports snob in that. Like, <laughs> if I'm not watching somebody I care about, like a, a family member or somebody I really care about play a game, I want to be watching the top level of the game. And the KBO is not going to cut it for me, I, unfortunately. Um, you know, I watched Aaron terror and Ben Lively and David Buchanan Phillies and. As nice, I like them all nice, very nice people. Um, If I never watch them again, I'm going to be okay with that. (laughs) Uh, How about the MLB, though?
0: Are we going to see the MLB?
1: Yeah, well, let's let's get back to your real question. I I think we are, yes, because I think they just, they, the game, uh, I think the game needs to be played, and the players and the owners need to play it. And we're not going to see it with fans this year, but we are going to see games and TV wants it. And yes, I do think before this, before, uh, I I can't say at what point I know the the thing out there right now is that July 1st is going to be a starting date. and June 10th is going to be the start of a spring training of sorts. Uh, And We're going to have this league with just geographically set with teams playing on their home fields. I can't say that. I don't know that because I want to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll believe that part of it when I see it. Uh, but I do think, yes, that the the pressure to do this is going to be so great that it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, look, I, um, I if I'm optimistic, it's, it's only because I think that, you know, there's unanimity uh, among owners and players and their desire to want to do this. Um, you know, I wrote this last week that at a time when, you know, it feels like owners and players in baseball are not agreeing on much of anything. It's significant that they that they they all have a desire to, to play and and to have some semblance of a season. So from that aspect, uh, you know, look, they'll they'll iron out their differences. Like they'll figure out how much to pay the players. They've already figured out about uh, umpire compensation. Um, they'll they'll iron out the details. They'll come up with a schedule. They have. For every plan we've heard of how they would like to have a season, there are two or three plans we haven't heard of. You know, I think there are 12 or 15 plans out there at least that they're talking about, that they're discussing, and kudos to them. Um, It's what they should be doing right now so that if they get the all clear to go ahead and reassemble and play, that they can pick one of the plans that makes the most sense, put it into motion, and, and go with it. So all of those are great things uh, and reasons to be optimistic. And I think those are the reasons why you hear a lot of people within baseball and around it who are saying, yeah, there's growing optimism that there's going to be a season. But what I keep coming back to and what got reinforced last night when I watched the first inning of, of the KBO game is that there's a lot of this that's not in baseball's hands. The The virus will dictate whether or not they will play and for better or worse and mostly better south korea has controlled the virus in a way that we haven't here in the us and they're not playing baseball in south korea magically because they all wanted to do it they're playing because they have they they're down to single digit new cases per day and we're not anywhere close to that yet so you know i'm optimistic that everyone wants to play and that if that they will figure something out if they can. I'm not as optimistic that they'll be able to.
0: I was waiting for you to throw the butt down there when you were, you know, it was all optimism. And I was like, I know, I know, you're not optimistic about games being played. Right, I can't but hear. Then, you then the hammer got thrown down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's true because the, the death totals are still high in this country. I, what, didn't we have the single de- highest death total two days ago. Um, in in the country itself. Um, And, you know, it's still, you know, there's still so much uncertain about what's going on here. And now we, we have people, you know, really fighting against the social distancing part of it. You know, is that going to lead to another spread? You know, I I think Scott's right. We're still far from being South Korea. Uh, we're, We're far from being any country, any other country, Seems to be doing better at stopping this faster than we are. Um, so uh, can anybody feel safe? Are if you're a player, can you feel safe being around uh, other players all the time? You can, you know, the players can't wear masks when they're playing, and you, and you can test, you know, are, are we equipped yet to, to test the way they need to test to play? All those questions, you know, you, you hear about geographically doing it, but are all those things in place yet?
0: There's really no way to. Say that baseball can return on July 1st or July 4th right now, and uh, you know that they have this mandated day. We're, we're recording this on May 5th. There, there's it's impossible to know what you're going to be doing two months from now. So I think it's it's foolish to guarantee that baseball is going to return on a certain date or they're going to resume spring training on a certain date. I, I think it's so fluid that that's why I'm thinking by the end of May you'll have a better idea of what's going to happen and to me it all comes down to money there's just too much money to be made um and there's just too much money to be lost with zero with no season like we saw last week with the phillies offering refunds that means they made zero money in april and may they didn't turn they didn't they weren't able to turn a profit because they can't have anybody in the seats there's no no games on tv and if there's a chance for them to obviously they're not going to be able to sell tickets this season but if they can put games on tv sell advertising that way there is it's too tempting to to pass that up
1: i i agree entirely uh kudos, kudos to them. they've continued to pay people um th- through this, which isn't easy, and not everybody has done that. Um, but you're right until until we have answers that going back to what Scott said that we are to a point where this disease seems to at least be under control. Uh, and not spreading. Uh, it's impossible to say that yes, they're about to, to to play. You know, I think people just forget how many people are are dying from this thing and how uncomfortable people remain. Um, and and when I say people, even without fans, you have to have you mm-hmm. have to have the players saying we're comfortable doing this. And are, are they all? I don't know. We we hear from some of them, and. I'm sure there are some that are still saying, I'm not sure I'm comfortable.
2: So. I think they're probably more comfortable. And again, we're generalizing, um, you know, guys have different circumstances. Some, um, you know, Zach Wheeler's wife is pregnant. So what he's comfortable with, um, you know, a single player on the Phillies might, might not be, or might be, or whatever. But I think in general um, they're more comfortable if they can play in their home ballparks. Uh, but I then then let's say the Arizona plan or or that idea. But, you know, there are a lot of variables in play there. If you're going to play in your home ballparks, that's, you know, however many states that need to have been reopened by then, at least to a point where they can get a gathering of people together. Now, you know, just the essential personnel, players, coaches, managers, equipment, people, trainers, um, you know, essential staff you're, you're over a hundred people between the two teams. And so we've got a a little bit of a ways to go still before we can get a a gathering of that many people uh, together in the same place. And so, you know, that's what I mean when I say that I I think a lot of this goes beyond just what the players and the owners want. It's, it's going to be dictated by factors that are beyond their control. And, you know, we don't know where it's going yet. Matt, I, I think you're right that you know we're going to know more by the end of the month only because you know there is there is a time factor here. Um, when this all started, baseball had the luxury of not having started its season yet and still being in spring training. And now we're we're into May, and you know if you're going to get teams back together again, you've got to, you've got to give them time to to gather. You've got to give them time for spring training. You know if you want to start on like the Fourth of July you've got to get things moving by early June. And so I think by the end of May, we'll have a better sense for whether they can, they can effectively do that or not, or whether they're going to have to get like super uber creative and come up with like a, a, a March madness style tournament season kind of thing in order to just have some baseball. So we'll have a little bit of a better idea on it, like a timeline maybe, but I don't, again, I just don't know if anyone knows where, where this is all headed.
1: So, so Scott, I'll ask you, since you were up at 1 a.m. watching the KBO, uh, how weird was it to watch a game where there was no –
2: the atmosphere of fans did not exist? Yeah, it was weird, um, I suppose. uh, But, you know, being there would have been a whole lot weirder, I think. You know, like I talked to Tommy Hunter last week about playing in that game in 2015 in Baltimore when they had no fans because of the Freddie Gray uh, protests that were going on in Baltimore. Um, and and he, he was telling me about the, the acoustics in an empty ballpark and how you could literally hear everything um, that, that players are saying. He said that, you know, he's kind of a loud guy, but he was out in the bullpen and Chris Davis hit a home run and he went crazy the way he would normally do in a, in a normal game if a player on his team hit a home run. And they called out to the from the bull. They called out to the bullpen from the dugout and said, "Can you tell Hunter to keep his voice down? Because we can hear him in the dugout." So, I would think it's it would be incredibly weird to be there to watch it on TV. You know, you've got like the the center field camera and the the shot of the batter and and the pitcher and like the the, the conventional camera angle, and you don't really see so you don't see fans behind home plate, but you don't really see the ballpark until they pan out and they show it, and it's just seats, and no one's there. and It's weird, but you really don't have that sensory experience anyway unless you're in the ballpark.
1: The, the closest thing I can ever remember to covering something
2: like that was, and in, in,
1: you guys probably have in Miami's ballpark since then, but I, the, when the Expos were in their last days in Montreal, um, I covered a game one time at Olympic Stadium. I think they had like 570 people or something like that, and I remember... Quoting Randy Wolf, who was pitching that day after the game, saying it was really weird because I could hear the two people sitting in the front row. Talk-
2: I could actually hear the conversation they were having.
1: Yeah. so it's got to be weird for them too, for the players, for sure.
2: I was talking to a, uh, this is I was talking to a neighbor of mine the other day, and he was he was telling me about going to a the first game of a Phillies doubleheader. This was, I guess, a few years back, uh, and it was sort of one of those. It wasn't a split admission. It was sort of one of those conventional one game after the other, and the makeup game came in like at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and there was no one there. And he and his buddy were sitting out in right field, and they were just having a conversation. And it was a game against the Nats, and Harper was playing right field, and Harper kept looking back at them. And now that like they were thinking about it afterwards, and they were like, I think he could hear every word we were saying. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I think I think being there would be strange. I didn't realize until having this conversation with Tommy Hunter the other day that, that, that the echo was quite, was quite that pronounced, but yeah, I mean, I guess when you're in an empty ballpark and there's no music playing, like there might be during BP or something in the middle of the afternoon and people are talking above a normal, you know, normal tone of voice in a normal conversation. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hear things. I'm going to have to watch what you say in the press box.
1: (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) We experienced some of that in the press box. I mean, we, as writers were capable a lot of times of writing on deadline through, you know, loud crowds going crazy over things and it, and we're unaffected by it. And yet when the noise stops and you hear just press box chatter, somebody else might be done their work and they're chattering probably me, uh, you know, and it, it becomes very distracting. It's just a really different type of noise. Um, so that's, so we have experience that as writers and it's got to be really hard as a player to just, Hey, well, you know, why, why do I have to hear this voice that makes
0: no sense? I remember there was a game in 2015 at the end of the season and uh, they moved the game up. I think there was like a hurricane coming or some type of heavy rainstorm. And there was, I just looked it up. There was 13,000 people there, but there was, I mean, it was the attendance, but it was definitely way less than that. And it was, that's that's the emptiest ballpark I can remember. There might might have been I don't know a few thousand people, but and and that that was weird. We remember the whole upper bowl was shut down, but I can't imagine what it would be like to have an empty Citizens Bank Park
1: as compared to how weird that was. Yeah, the the other weird one I had was the the four forty a.m. Phillies doubleheader on July third, I think it was in nineteen ninety three when they started the game at one and there was almost nobody left in the ballpark. But by two o'clock when the bars had called last call, people were coming back into the ballpark to watch the ball game, which was just the, and the, the best fanatic thing I ever saw in my life was, um, he went up to the top of center field and he had an, like 500 fans with him. And they they were playing these. I think it was the Southside Johnny's song. I don't want to go home. Uh, It was great. It was just hilarious. If we, um,
0: you know, if we let's just for hypotheticals, we say there's a season, and that the uh, there's no the Phillies are not going to play in a traditional NL East. They're going to be in a regional division. How do you guys see that shaking out? It would be the Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. So, so you wouldn't have the the Braves. You would have the rest of the NL East, and you would take on the entire. AL East, and then add obviously the Pirates to that mix as
1: well. How, how did it? I, I'm not good at geography, but how did the Braves get, just get completely skipped over there?
2: I thought about that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I, 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 I don't know that. I mean, not that the Phillies, I'm sure, wouldn't mind not seeing the Braves when you're already in a division with the Yankees, but um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a tough division, obviously. Any division has the Yankees. Aren't the Yankees the favorite to win the World Series? Yeah. I mean, any division that has that and it's the second configuration we've seen, as you as you said, Scott, there's many others. But the second one we've seen with the Phillies in the same division with the Yankees. But by the sounds of this, it's also going to be it sounds like it's going to, you know, some of the things they put out, it's going to be a 15 team playoff. So half the, t- it's going to be the NHL where half the teams make the playoffs. Um, So,
2: you know, yeah, I was going to say it probably depends on playoff format. But in that in that. You know, three <laughs> ten teams each realignment. You know, the Phillies division would have you'd have the Yankees, you'd have the Rays, who are awfully good. Uh, you have the World Champions. Mets, uh, you have you. The Mets. Um, are the Phillies in the top half of the division? Maybe they're the fifth team. You well, know, they're I,
1: in the conversation for sure.
2: They're in the conversation for being in the top half. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's probably. You know, you're going to get you're going to get the pirates in the bottom half, and you're going to get uh, the bottom half. The Marlins, uh, Marlins. You'd have three of the worst teams in baseball in your division. That's good. The Red Sox are not are not a pushover. I don't think they're going to be. Um, you know, I don't think they're they're a playoff team in the normal playoff structure that we know uh, and are familiar with. But you know, uh, and and there are going to be so many weird variables. Uh, it's going to be a weird shortened schedule of some sort. It's going to have uh, expanded rosters. So I go back to, you know, saying that it's going to be the deepest teams, especially the teams that are deepest in pitching, that are going to do well. And it might not be the best but do, It might just be the deepest do, ones.
1: How about the two? Like, well, let me let me just say this, though. Do, do the American League teams that have built with a DH have an advantage over the National League teams? Yeah. Because we're, we're going to be seeing DHs everywhere, and the National League typically – hasn't built around the DH. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I guess as you sit here right now, Jay Bruce would be like one of the leading candidates to be the most uh, consistent DH. Where would he rank among the DHs from the other league?
2: Yeah. Oddly, I think the Phillies might be in decent shape with that uh, if everyone stayed healthy and, uh, and you were able to have McCutcheon out there every day and Bruce playing DH every day, or you could have a, you could have a rotation of DHs. I think a lot of teams will do that, but, the point is, the Phillies have a ninth hitter who could be in the lineup every day. So, as national, do you do you, do you coach, try to get Alec Bo- do you well. try to get
1: Alec Bowman yours on your roster?
2: I think so. I, yeah, I, you know, I think so. I think that you try to get Spencer Howard on your roster for sure.
0: They might have nowhere else to play either. That's true.
1: Yeah, there's another question. We you know we haven't even really addressed what happens to the minor leagues this year. But it sure bring it. You brought up Alec
0: Boom, and I just wanted to. I was thinking today's May 5th imagining that the, the season was normal right now you could you could imagine a scenario where we're writing today that you know the Phillies need to bring up Alec Bowman in, in 10 days you know whenever this the usually that's that mid-May cutoff day from when you can take a player's um year and delay the arbitration and it seems like I I feel like that would be a storyline right now do, do you do you think that you know how how high those calls would be for Alec Boehm to be called. Up?
1: Sure, it, it would depend on how he was playing, obviously. But um, yeah, if he was if he was sitting three, if he was doing what he did last year, yes, that would be that would be a topic of discussion right now for sure. And
2: if the Phillies were playing as poorly as that's those some of those simulations that we talked about <laughs> last, <laughs> then yeah, I mean you you would you would think that there'd be a lot of, a lot of pressure on them to get him called up, and and what would we be? spencer howard at this point would he be there would he not be there would he be building up somewhere um you know so this works to his advantage too a shortened season because you won't have to worry as much about a workload uh his workload will sort of fall in line with everyone else's
0: and and back to the minor leagues it's easy to say that there won't be like a traditional minor league schedule because you can't have minor league games without fans because the the teams obviously rely so heavily on the gate right Well, what do the players do? Like it's just where do they go? It, it, you know, maybe some of them play on this wacky MLB schedule, but that's not all
1: of them. It just all these kids just have a lost season. It's, it's it's disaster. That's a that part of it is a disaster, a lost a lost year of development um, You know, like, here's a, you know, Bryson Stott. This is a guy, what do they do with him? I mean, do they try to, are are they able to make some of that time up in the fall? It doesn't seem like it. I mean, you know, do you want to just risk uh, that for just developing? I don't know. It's The minor league's part is a disaster. It really is. is.
2: And, Matt, you and I talked about this the other day. Um, It's not just, so I have full confidence that the Bryson, careers even if it's not going to be this year for somebody like him you know he could lose a year and uh, you know it it stinks that he has to lose a year he's still young and he's still talented and he's a first round pick and there's a lot of money invested in him he's going to play in the big leagues but what about you know 90 percent of uh, maybe it's more it's probably more what about the large majority of minor league players who are never going to play in the big leagues who are not making very much money in the minor leagues and are playing because they can still play. They can still make some money playing a game and their, their time is finite. Uh, They're, they're going to lose a year of earnings. And from a financial standpoint, they might have to say, look, I just can't play baseball anymore. I have to go get a real job and join the real world and give up on that dream that, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, a very distant dream that you've got of playing in the big leagues, but you're able to play in the minor leagues, you're able to make a living and, and and cobble it together year after year. You're going to lose an entire year and you might have to just give up and quit and go into the real world.
1: And, and oh, yeah, when you come back, there are fewer jobs in the minor leagues than there were before because they've, they've condensed there are fewer the number of teams. jobs <laughs> in
2: general. You know, like now, now you're, right. the, you're, you're trying to enter a workforce and, and there are just fewer jobs out there, period.
1: Well, this has been an uplifting yeah, that was episode, episode of x Well, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's
2: going to be a better way to finish it than that. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what else can we, say? All
0: right. we can uh, say? Give me your favorite KBO team. There we go:
2: uh, Samsung Lions, Ben Lively, and David Buchanan, all the way. Woohoo. I'm going to go with that
0: uh, team, the the Monkeys, oh, not the Monkeys, the, uh, the Dinos, the NC Dinos. That's the Dino. Voltaire's
2: team, NC Dinos. Okay.
0: Yeah. There we go. Go, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm
2: going, I'm going, with hey hey with the monkeys. No that's the wrong that's league. That's the
1: wrong league, Bob. <laughs> oh well, I'm still going with them. I don't care. <laughs> I'm KBO. No, you say so you like this?
0: You like the Chinese league, not the Korean league, Bob.
1: It's Ta- Taiwan league. Yeah, but it? it's called
0: the Chinese Professional Baseball League. DP,
1: right? What? Bob. Why do they call that? Uh, let, 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 hold I hold on. Think let me, isn't hold on i'm not I,
0: i'm gonna sound ignorant here but taiwan is officially is a is a part of china
1: correct i like yeah you know i here's the team i like i know who i like i like the samsung there we oh, go. That's my team Be- because, because they make good tvs and that's where darren Ruff played
0: and if you want to send bob a tv his address is
1: <laughs> make sure it's 75 <laughs> inches or larger
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of extra innings, the Phillies podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer for Bob Brookover and Scott Lauber. I'm Matt Green. Until next time you can read all of our content at inquire.com and subscribe to our newsletter extra innings. Thanks for listening.